What's up everyone, Man here, and we're going to be talking about a modern deck today, a kind of combination of modern deck slash ban list announcement slash history lesson. So without further ado, let's jump into our discussion about Luris. Alright, so today is March 7th. Uh, we've had an announcement that Luris is officially banned in Modern and Pioneer. I mean, it, it makes sense when you think about it. When you look at the most popular decks that are in Modern, a lot of them are running Loras as a companion. They tried to adjust the companion rule and make it so you have to pay three mana and put it into your hand and do, you know, oh, maybe this will help balance it a little bit. Yeah, sure, okay, fine, whatever. But we even know that even after they did that, they um, had to quick ban things, especially Luris. Like if we look back on May 18th in 2020, right? right after the set came out, it was about a month or so after Ikoria came out, they had to ban Luris from Legacy and Vintage because it was so much of a problem. And now we're seeing it banned in Modern and Pioneer as well. I mean, their discussion of it and their information was like, hey, we get it, we know that it restricts deck building, and even after Modern Horizons 2 has come out, it still hasn't gotten any better. Nobody is choosing to play with any newer cards, and they're choosing to keep this most optimized two costs or less in your mana cost, or in your creatures, in your spells, in your artifact, doesn't matter what it is, now we can't play any of those bigger stuff, because Loris is just that good of a card, and there's no reason not to be playing it. And it was like 40-50% of the meta, I think they were saying, that it's showing up in decks. At least on MTGO, on the online side of things, that tournament side of things, it's all all the time there. Now that things are getting a little bit better, we're going to start seeing more paper events. You know, Maybe we'll see a little bit shifting. But I'm going to be talking a little bit about Grixis Death Shadow in today's video. Um, you know, Loris was such an integral part of shaping how the modern meta has progressed and changed over time. And it has sped up so much because so many decks care about having two-cost stuff. We might see a slowdown in the format, but really it's going to be hard to say, right? Some things are still just so good, even without Loris. I mean, having that recursion and being able to replay stuff that dies was the big draw for it, of saying this effect is just so powerful that I don't care, right? I don't care that I am only running two-cost stuff. So we're going to look at what a current version of Death Shadow looks like. We're also going to look at what Death Shadow looked like at least the Grixis version, because there are three different versions, right? We've got our Grixis version that you see here. Here's the old version. Here's the new version, right? You've got your Jund version of Death Shadow that was running Tarmogoyf. Still game plan. I'm focused on Death Shadow. Then there was also the Esper version that tried to pop up here and there. Started to see a little bit of play as people were trying it out, and this was after Modern Horizons 1 came out, is because Ranger Captain of Eos was printed. So Ranger Captain, you do have to have double white to cast it. One double white when Ranger Captain of Eos enters the battlefield. Search your library for a creature card, mana value one or less. Reveal it, put it to your hand. Basically it says, here is a Death Shadow tutor. Go find your Death Shadow with this. Seems pretty cool. Also, it has the ability to sacrifice it, and your opponents can't cast non-creature spells this turn. It uh, doesn't really see much play. The Esper version kind of fell off. Now it's really just Grixis and Jun. But all right, here we go. Here's our current version of Grixis Death Shadow. As of today, this is kind of 
the most popular version of it. Let me see if I can catch in that Mishra's bobble that's there. There we go. So companion, we're running Loris. Uh, yeah. So basically saying, hey, you can't have anything in your deck that costs three or more, except for Loris. Loris is the only one. But during each of your turn, so you may cast one permanent with Converted Mana cost, two or less from your graveyard. So that is really good, especially when you're running lots of low-cost uh, effects, right? So um, very, very powerful. This list is running Colgan's Command in here so that you're like, wait a minute, that is more than, than two. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why this is... It, regardless, Colgan's Command is a great card. Maybe it was Cyborg. Who knows? Uh, ignoring that fact. Death Shadow's in here. Dragon Ray Channeler, amazing. Ragavon's in here. And Corax is in here. Uh, you are probably going to be seeing, for sure, our Death Shadow, our Dragon Ray's Channeler, and our Ragavon staying in the package. Makes total sense. They're super powerful. We're very aggro. Get out. Let's go. You know, Dragon Rain Chandler, having that delirium, powerful creature, being able to surveil, throw things I don't want into my graveyard. Awesome. Love seeing it. You know, we've talked about this list before, how it's going, the way the spells work. We might see some adjustments, right? You know, Drown the Lock we see is a, is a nice flex card, countering a spell or being able to destroy a creature, right? Both of these are great. Removal, Unholy Heat. Most of the time, we'll have that Delirium to deal six damage. Seems great, right? You would see Lightning Bolts. We've got our Disruption, Thoughtseize, Inquisition. Makes sense. We're getting some draw effects off of Expressive Iteration. It's also filling our graveyard for doing things with Drown in the Lock, with Unholy Heat. So it all ties well together. Uh, then, of course, there's Mishra's Bobble in here. So all this makes sense. But what did Grixis Death Shadow look like before Loris? How different was it? Now, it's hard to be able to look back and say, okay, because things like Dragon Raid Chandler didn't exist. Things like Ragavon didn't exist, right? These are newer cards that are very, very powerful cards and have adjusted the way that we're playing Grixis Death Shadow to kind of fit into this Delirium as well as to have an early threat that is constantly able to keep pressure on our opponents. Now, originally, Death Shadow looked very different. You look at this and you go, there's a seven cost in here? There's a five cost in this list? What What is happening? What is going on? These are cards that have fallen by the wayside because of the speed of things and because Loris is just that good, right? The decks are so very, very, very fast that you go, well, do I have time to wait to be able to fill up my graveyard to cast Grimog Angler? Maybe not. But maybe we can get back to it with this sort of old style of play. Right, you have cards in here, you go, okay, well, I'm you can see it's very old in the way that we're running things like Thought Scour, we're running things like Serum Vision, right? You don't really see Serum Visions at all in our Grixis list. Pretty much the Grixis Death Shadow that we were just looking at is mainly running just red and black. There's blue for expressive iteration and drawing lock. Otherwise, and I guess technically dress down, but otherwise it's not blue. It's, it's straight up just kind of red-black aggro style. And you're you're running a bunch of fetches and shock lands to, to adjust your life total. Right? You do have the option to bolt yourself or you know do thing, like crazy things like that. But for the most part, it's it's a red-black red, red black aggro deck. Where this one 
is very different. I mean, you can even see, look in the main where it says Snapcaster. That is a complete indication of how different the modern meta was when Snapcaster was actually a good playable card and lots of decks were like, man, Snapcaster Mage is really good, guys. You should be running it, right? Control list, Death Shadow list. And this was a little bit more of that sort of controly aspect to it. But the whole thing about Street Wraith and the reason it's gone is because of Loras. Otherwise, Street Wraith is an amazing card, right? It's being able to cycle it by paying two life helps to accelerate our ability to get out Death Shadow. That's one thing that we really care about. It fills up our graveyard with fuel to be able to cast Gurmog Angler, and it replaces ourselves to help dig us four more answers. So Street Wraith, an amazing card. I'm very interested to see if we see some adjustments to Griffith's Death Shadow and it shifts a little bit into this older style where you can be able to play Gurmog Angler. I mean, we look at, at like the, this current list, right? Okay, Dragon Rain Channeler, it's going to be a 3-3 with flying, right? Has to attack. Cool. Ragavon, 2-1. Death Shadow is going to be big. It's fine. Corax, 6-6. Takes a little bit to be able to get him out, but the discard effect is pretty nice. Where Gurmog Angler, a 5-5. It's going to be very, very hard for people to deal with this. You know, it's it's a little bit slower, but that's why people were running things like Street Wraith, like Mishra's Bobble again, like we're running our um, Thought Scours. Four I've been here. I'm drawing cards. I'm filling up my graveyard. I'm Thought Scouring myself because I'm guaranteed if I cast Thought Scour, that's three cards in my graveyard. Thought Scour and then whatever two cards that I mill. All right, and I go, oh, okay. If I've cast Street Wraith, bam, that's four cards. If I cast a Mishra's Bobble so far, that's five cards. That means Gurmog Angle only costs two mana for a 5-5. Five, five. And that's the way that this list ran back in the day. Right? We would do these disruption spells, assuming that maybe we didn't have a Thought Scour on turn one. Right? Maybe we were, we were able to get an Inquisition. Maybe we were able to get a Thought Seize. But being able to fetch, shock, boom, Shriek Wraith. Oh, I'm already starting the game at, level, at 15 life instead of 17. Right? Oh, now I've got other ways to be able to accelerate out my death shadow all right it's a speed race now how quickly can i get death shadow out how quickly can i get gurmog angler out because those are my two main threats and my goal is to start to beat you down and at least deal 10 damage to you because if i can at least deal 10 damage to you then i have this otk potential this one turn kill potential with this lovely card called teamer battle rage so it's one in a red target creature gains double strike and of course if that creature has four or greater power, that creature also gains trample until the end of the turn. So being able to say, well, I've gotten you down, I've done 10 damage to you, now I can sit here and Gurmog Angler, attack, boom, Teamer Battle Rage, 10 more, you're dead. Death Shadow, oh, it's a 6-6, six, six, Teamer Battle Rage, you're dead. Right? You have this kind of boom, explosiveness that the deck doesn't have currently. Right? And part of that is the way that you're building your deck, right? Only having a team or battle rage just for death shadow isn't worth it, right? You're not going to want a uh, team or battle rage, dragon rage channeler, a ragavon. Karaxa is not going to be a mainstay on the battlefield to consistently hit one of these. So it's not, it's not worth it. We had to adjust the way that the deck plays, but I love that OTK potential where you can just kind of blow somebody out. Right, it's very, very powerful. Also, 
if you're playing against people that are running a lot more drown the lock you know that's a lot more cards that they're going to have to have in their graveyard to be able to get rid of Gurmog angler with a converted mana cost of seven so it, it does have a little bit of protection against that in some ways now people are running that unholy heat all right dealing six damage going to be killing that off but still this is this is the old style of playing and maybe has that potential to come back right we know that snapcaster mage not really the way to play anymore we, we've seen it it's awesome has a little bit of control aspect to it but in this like way of the meta and the way of the the ragavans it's not worth running snapcaster mages right i being able to get treasure is really good accelerates our game plan exiling cards off my opponent's uh, library that could disrupt their game plan very good so uh, being able to have ragavan in here is going to be consistent we're not going to be changing it i think that's going to be normal and what we're going to see with death shadow but it's going to be interesting to see where it's going to go are things going to start slowing down now that loris is gone All right the next deck that we're going to be talking about not this week but next time is going to be hammer time how is Hammer Time going to be shifting after this? Because Hammer Time has been 100% all, all in on that Loris gameplay, right? It really pushed the deck over the top because of the way that it plays. And we're going to worry about that on a later date. But yeah, that, that's our, our dive down memory lane. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit about how different the modern meta was two years ago and how different it is now and where death shadow might go going forward is going to be really interesting to see and especially some of these other decks so let's keep our eyes peeled we're going to be highlighting a lot of these different decks and see what they can do now that loris is gone but i hope you guys enjoyed the video thanks so much for tuning in and watching and i'll see you guys next game